Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. It is so great to have you here with us on this Monday Today's show is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. On today's show, Brandon Jenkins from 24-7 Sports joins our program. We discuss the Mark Mitchell commitment to Duke basketball. We talked about that on Saturday's show over the weekend, the fifth edition to the class of 2022 for John Shire, the head coach of our the coach in waiting, I should say, of our Duke Blue Devils. Again, my name is JJ Jackson. I'm the host of the show. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils and be sure to follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts as you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. Monday edition of Locked On Blue Devils. My name is JJ Jackson. On today's show, I'm super excited because Brandon Jenkins from 24-7 Sports is back with us. Exciting day in the world of Duke Athletics as the new football head coach, Mike Elko, being introduced and named as the 22nd head football coach of our Duke Blue Devils. But it was also a noteworthy weekend on the basketball side of things as John Shire picked up his fifth commitment in the class of 2022, another five-star player. We mentioned this over the weekend right here on Lockdown Blue Devils, but Mark Mitchell out of Sunrise Christian, the newest player to commit to the Brotherhood. So let's bring in Brandon Jenkins from 24-7 Sports to be back with us on today's show. Brandon, how are you, man? And I'm good. I'm, I mean, I mean, I feel loved that I get a chance to come back here for the third <laughs> time. You know, this is, this is great. I'm actually really enjoying talking Duke basketball. I always enjoy it with you, JJ. Absolutely. It's always fun when I get a chance to reach out to you. Your schedule is always so easy to work with and glad that we get a chance to talk hoops with you because, look, Duke fans are certainly excited about the news that came on Friday, late Friday afternoon on CBS HQ. He announces his decision to commit to play for John Shire and uh, the Duke Blue Devils. Tell me a little bit more about Mark Mitchell and did you know this was coming all along, you and the rest of the 24-7 sports staff? For sure. Well, I know the I, I know that the leader in the summer was definitely UCLA when he was struggling with that injury. And, um, you know, I didn't get a chance to see him play, obviously, with uh, I think he hurt his elbow, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. Um, but kind of gearing towards the fall, probably towards the end of the summer, Duke actually had some had some traction there. And it started to become more, um, I guess, evident that Duke would end up being the leader. And, you know, Mark really had pro- prolonged this thing out when you look at him compared to all like to most of the five stars in the 22 class. And um, just as it went down the road, it seemed like Duke had the most action just because of the brotherhood and, um, you know, how he wanted to play with other great players with the, within that recruiting class with Jaden Shute, Derek Lively, um, Derek Whitehead, Kyle Filipowski. You know, I think he definitely built a bond with those guys and he saw something in them um, that made him feel comfortable and made him feel at ease with being with them um, to further his basketball career. Mark Mitchell, was on an official visit to Duke at the same time that Derek Lively, Derek Whitehead were there. So we've already got the staged photos that are so awesome of these guys already wearing Duke uniforms and that sort of thing. But if you're in Mark Mitchell's shoes, Brandon, 
I guess you're getting kind of messages every single day from the rest of the guys already in this Duke class wanting him to go ahead and make it official and for them to all play together. I guess he was probably hearing from them every day, would you say? Uh, yes, for sure. I definitely think that, uh, you know, he was one since he was him being one of the top uncommitted prospects in the class. I definitely think that all four of the committed prospects were keying in on him and just making him feel wanted, making him feel like a like a person that they wanted to play with and they want to win with. It's someone that, uh, yeah, when you're the fifth guy joining a class, you know that everyone else is going to be reaching out to you saying, come on, man, let's make this official. Like I said, they already had the official visit together. They spent some time in Durham together, and uh, we've already got all those staged photos with them in Duke gear, which is pretty awesome to see. No Photoshop's needed because you've already seen them put on the full uniform and that sort of thing. I'm glad they've sort of made that transition in recruiting that we don't have to do these crazy Photoshop work from time to time. And you already got some photos of these guys wearing it. All right, give me a little bit more about Mark Mitchell, the player, from what you – I know you said you didn't get a chance to see him with the elbow injury a little bit earlier this summer, but uh, over the years, his play and that sort of thing and and kind of what kind of a player is Mark Mitchell? Absolutely. Well, my first impression to him was actually at the uh, NIBC uh, Invitational, I believe that it's called. It's the conference that ESPN holds that they televise all their games. I got a chance to check out Sunrise a few times. And, you know, outside of him and Grady Dick, I mean, those were the two top tier players for Sunrise Christian. Mark Mitchell, you know, obviously made his presence felt with his strong feel for the game. He's a lefty. Um, He has some touch ups to the three point line, but his jump shot still needs work. He's a great passer. Definitely has great vision, can see the floor, and he's always poised. Um, Strong finisher around the rim, great touch around the basket. You know, he projects well in the small ball lineup as a four-man, but he'll definitely get some minutes as a three just due to his IQ and feel for the game and his ability to just see the floor and make others better around him. So um, Duke is definitely getting a guy who could potentially end up being a multi-year guy. Um, I think you'll see him at his best in uh, probably a small ball lineup. but he'll give he'll definitely have a chance of earning some early minutes just depending on who comes back, who stay, who sticks around. Um, that all will you know play account to his minute minutes allocation. But uh, I definitely think that they got a prospect that they can look forward to um, for having around for a couple of years. So Duke, me, Duke fans should definitely be excited. Tell me about being a lefty as well. I mean, that's something that we've seen uh, in, over the past several years, whether you think of somebody like. Justice Winslow or R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson. Duke's seen a really good run of, of left-handed basketball players come through. It's kind of a different dynamic, and March, Mark Mitchell is one of those guys as well. For sure, yeah. He kills you with more um, IQ than he does explosion like the other three guys. But, you know, man, he still would do damage and be productive nevertheless. Let's take a break in our conversation with Brandon Jenkins from 24-7 Sports to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. All right, college football fans, bowl season is here. Unfortunately for our Blue Devils, no bowl game this year going through the coaching change and exciting to see what Mike Elko can bring to the program. But still, we love watching bowl games in college football, and you got to know about Prize Picks for that situation. If you still haven't signed up, what are you waiting for? Not only in addition to bowl season, Prize Picks makes college basketball more exciting as well. It is daily fantasy made easy. That's right. Prize Picks, daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy, offering more picks than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid major players you might have never heard of. It offers any props you could think of. In basketball, you could play points, rebounds, assists, three pointers made, and more. 
all of your deposits and users that deposit, use your promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Our promo code to use is locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Brandon Jenkins is joining us here from 24-7 Sports, talking all things Duke basketball as they get a big commitment over the weekend from Mark Mitchell out of Sunrise Christian. Their class now has five players with Mark Mitchell, Derek Lively II, Kyle Filipowski, Derek Whitehead, and Jaden Shute. All in all, these five players, how good is this class, Brandon? Oh, it's terrific. It's terrific. One of the best in the country, if not the best in the country. I think it's the highest ranked uh, class on our site, if I'm not mistaken. I have to go back and fact check that, but uh, it'll be hard to see anybody else competing with that because if I'm not mistaken, they have uh, four, five stars committed. Right. So, you know, I don't see anybody really competing with that. Um, you know, it's definitely a class that I could see, uh, you know, getting far into the tournament down the road if everything works out. Um, all they have to do is really buy into each other. They have a great shooter in Jaden Shoot. They have an all-around talent, all-around complete talent in Derek Whitehead, who's very explosive. He's an NBA athlete who can guard. You know, his shot is getting better. Um, Kyle Filipowski is skilled on the block. He definitely will, you know, provide a good front court tandem with Derek Lively, who, you know, is very comparable to Tyson Chandler and how he rebounds and blocks shots at an elite level. So um, all of that combined with Mark Mitchell's commitment and his skill and feel that he'll bring to the team, you know, Duke fans have something to really be excited about as they have a chance to really make deep runs in the tournament moving forward. Is there any conversation with you and the rest of the recruiting guys there at 24-7 Sports or maybe even from other outlets who do a good job of covering recruiting year-round about just what John Shire is doing right now? I mean, who has ever done this before? I'll tell you, nobody, really, that is a coach-in-waiting and able to walk away. He's never really coached a full official game as the head coach of Duke men's basketball with Mike Krzyzewski not being around, and he's going to have the number one recruiting class. Like, is that something that's been brought up before? Or when I pose that question to you, Brandon, how wild is it to think about the run John Shire's been on? You know, when you look at it from that perspective, it could sound wild, but I think it's one of those things where the brotherhood, it's not a cliche term. I think it's something that's really real. And you're seeing that in his ability to be able to nab these guys. I don't think these guys would, you know, commit to playing their collegiate basketball careers if they didn't have something to, um, you know, to look back on, to look forward with. Um, you know, the brotherhood is something that's that's serious. It dates back, you know, probably down to 20, 30 years. And I definitely think that these players want to be a part of it. And I think they know that John Shire is well-groomed for this position. You know, he's been there. Um, for almost 10 years now. He's won a national championship within the program. Um, he embodies Duke basketball, so I think they feel comfortable with him at the helm and with them moving it forward in terms of success. Brandon Jenkins, 24-7 Sports, joining us today on Lockdown Blue Devils. Let's transition to the class of 2023, if we will. Already talked a little bit about Caleb Foster, who committed really early, the first player of the top 100 in the class of 2023 to make a college decision. Looks like he's going to be playing for John Shire, the point guard of the future out of Oak Hill Academy. A couple of other guys really kind of gaining momentum. You've got 
Mackenzie Mbako, the number three player in the country right now, according to 24-7 Sports, has already been on an official visit to Duke back on September 3rd. This is a player that we've talked about with you before, Brandon, but haven't spoken a few months. So as we head into the holiday season here in 2021, what is the latest on Mbako and sort of his rise there in the rankings and what kind of player he is? For sure. I, the latest talks, obviously, with me and my staff have been, you know, just his talent level and what he's able to do at his size and for his position and whatnot. You know, he we might look up and he might have a chance to push for that number one spot and, you know, like the throne, you know, his AAU teammate, DJ Wagner, for being the top dude in the 2023 class. Um, Artishon London got a chance to, you know, catch up and watch him play and get a little breakdown of his game. And he said he wasn't at his best, but you definitely could see that his talent level was undeniable. Um, he, you know, he has a, a problem with overdriving at some times, but you know what, he's a very talented prospect, um, who definitely can make, who definitely can make a case at that top spot. Um, just given the exposure that he'll have moving forward and his just level of production at that size. So, um, Duke fans, that's one to keep on the radar as he's going to be very excited about. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see if he makes a decision to come play for Duke basketball. I know there's a lot of positive momentum there and hopefully that's something that can get done. You mentioned production with size production with size i'm also going to think about another 2023 five star and that's matas buzillis the number 12 player in the country right now out of lithuania plays currently at brewster academy six foot ten 175 really seems to be super skilled from what i've seen but brandon this guy has really kind of come out of nowhere and duke's gaining tons of momentum and he's one of the biggest talking points among the duke basketball community tell me a little bit about buzillis for sure. I think in the in the day of age where like the game is predicated upon size, length and versatility, you know, everybody's looking to become this unicorn type of guy to right. bring like a different type of value to the game. I think Matas is the one who checks those boxes for the 2023 class, just given his ability to handle the basketball, facilitate, um, be an open shot maker, all that six foot ten. I um, definitely think he brings a different vibe. I think it would be a perfect fit if Duke was the place that he was uh he was Duke was the place that he decided to commit to uh, just based on the fact that he's very versatile. He's very skilled. And Duke usually has Duke will usually have a great amount of players that will play around him. And that could benefit just from his skill set and what he's able to bring to the table in terms of himself and in terms of creating for others. So, you know, he's definitely one that I know John Shire is really keying in on because of his upside and his already um, production that he brings um, right now at I think program he's at I think he's at Brewster if I'm not mistaken. Yeah Brewster exactly mm -hmm. exactly right so you, that's what I was going to transition to next you look at all these Europe guys that come over and there's certainly some colleges here uh, at the division one level that predicate themselves on being able to bring in top talent from from overseas from that Europe area but for someone like Matos playing at Brewster Academy what has that done for him personally is playing at a program like that also helping why he's been able to climb into the rankings or is it a simple fact of look we just got to give this guy credit regardless of where he's at he's playing good basketball for sure no I definitely think it takes a village uh for kids to get better and I definitely think I like Brewster that perspective head, yeah yes no 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 doubt Brewster's head coach Jason Smith has really you know vouched for him in terms of just being the big point guard that he's um, kind of the narrative is set for him to be. Obviously, I do, I do not think he is that. Um, I do not think he's a six foot 10 point guard, but I definitely think he's a six foot 10 four man that can bring point guard vibes to the floor at times. You can see him rebound the ball and lead the break um, and try to make the right play for others. 
Um, you definitely can see him play in the high post and operate and see him being able to create for himself or create for another teammate. Um, he's just a, uh, a very talented prospect that oozes with upside within his IQ, within his length, within his size, and what he's able to do from a basketball perspective, given his ball skills. What's going to be kind of the timeline? Again, we, we have to remind ourselves this every year when we're talking recruiting and that sort of thing. Here we are on a Monday, fresh off a Friday commitment from Mark Mitchell that sort of solidifies the five-man class for Duke basketball. I know later this week on Wednesday, it starts early signing period, and that's the big, big day for college football here in, in 2021. We look at these 2023 top prospects with Mbako, with Matas. What's the timeline when you think a lot of these decisions could be made for all these players? So I think what's so interesting about this 2023 class is how they're getting their commitments uh, over with early. I mean, we've seen it with Caleb Foster, um, George Washington, Gabe Cups, the list goes on and on. Stephon Castle just committed to UConn last month. So, you know, I'm not sure in terms of Matas' timeline. You know, usually these uh, the top-tier prospects usually make their decisions around the end of uh, July going into, you know, the their fall, probably in that yeah. August-September area. That's the time where we see commitments. So it'll be interesting to see. With him, I expect his to be loaded, um, just like I said, and how the modern area really – you know, circles around versatility, length, and size. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I'm not sure at this point, but um, he's definitely tracking to have a loaded recruitment, and Duke seems to be in the thick of things moving forward. There are a lot of players, if you just simply go to your website, 24-7 Sports, you follow the Duke page, you can look at the guys that already have offers uh, in that class of 2023 and some players that are just kind of on the radar uh, that could possibly pop up. Someone that uh, is worth mentioning in the class of 2023, Brandon, is of uh, good fame. That's Bronny James. That's someone who has been spotted wearing Duke gear before. Bronny and his team have taken several trips to Cameron Indoor Stadium. He's kind of been attached to the Duke program um, for a number of years and that sort of thing. I don't necessarily want to get into his recruitment and could he end up being a Duke Blue Devil. That's someone that uh, is going to get so much coverage, already does, as a high school player. But really tell me in that class of 2023 about the rise that we're kind of seeing for Bronny James. For sure. I, you know, right now he uh, he's studying this process of development. You know, he has a lot of stuff to work with. He has the you know, he has the burst. He has the athleticism. that's very translatable. Um, he has a, a clean, pure jump shot that looks very, very pretty. He should be a reliable open shooter, you know, at the next level. And he has a strong feel for the game. And I think that's what people expected him, you know, just with how he was raised and how he came up in the game, just to have that strong feel for the game, um, being able to make the right pass, being able to know how to play the right way. I think that's all the things that he was raised upon. And I definitely think, I know you don't want to talk about recruitment, but, um, you know, just from what I've been hearing, obviously, Bronny has been tight-lipped with things just because uh, he's been shot away from the media, obviously. Um, and with good reason, just because of all, you know, the attention that comes to him yeah. and his family. But, uh, you know, I hear good things about Duke and, you know, their chances with him if they are involved. Um, you know, obviously, LeBron James has experience playing with Coach K on USA, and I think that relationship there is tight. And I think he trusts Coach – Coach. Uh, I think he trusts the brotherhood as a whole, right. I should say, um, just to make sure that, you know, Bronny's taken care of and he's developing well as he should be as a player. Yeah, Coach K won't be there next year, but obviously John Shire's in good hands taking over the program. And it's not like Coach K's going anywhere. He's made it very well known. His office is not moving. He's just no longer going to be the head coach. So if that's what it takes for LeBron and, and Bronny James himself to feel good about making that decision – uh, I think that he could end up being a Duke Blue Devil and how cool 
would that be? You're, you're a big basketball fan, Brandon. Just watching sort of Bronny James rise. I know he had a big game in Phoenix over the weekend that LeBron went to himself. Seeing a lot of side-by-side pictures of father and son. Just how cool is that, man? I can't get over how awesome these pictures are. Uh, you remember how we were talking about J.J. Redick retiring? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it just makes me feel even older. Um, <laughs> I think it's pretty nuts. Uh, you know, when I first started liking basketball, it was when LeBron was making that run to uh, to the finals when he beat out Detroit with the game, the legendary right. game six game, and then he gets swept by the San Antonio Spurs. He was around 20. I like to say he was like 22 years old. Couldn't be older than 22. And, um, you know, just to see those pictures from back then in that era – um, with Bronny and him and now looking at him just being mature, having a mature frame, you know, you know, coming to his own as an athlete and as his own marketing brand. I mean, like, it's just something that's that's really just eye popping. It's really just makes you feel like, wow, how how has the time passed? So, but it's, it's good to see, though. It's good to see, uh, you know, that he gets to enjoy the game of basketball with his father, who is arguably the greatest basketball player ever. And um, it's good to see that he's having fun, you know, that he's not worn out. You know, he's playing with great players. He has Johnny Wright that's going to USC, Amari Bailey going to UCLA. You know, another player in his class named Mikey Price, who's probably one of the more talented 2023 prospects on that roster with his speed, quickness, and shot creating ability. I mean, he's playing around great dudes. He's having fun having to get, uh, playing the game. And he's known. He's known worldwide. You know, so it's just all about him staying humble. And I know LeBron James will definitely keep him grounded. And, um, you know, it's just it's just fun to see. It's fun to see, but it also makes you just feel really old. So, yeah, um, no doubt about that. We've got Brandon Jenkins from 24-7 Sports with us, one of the best recruiting guys out there. He works with 24-7 Sports. I, I'm just so impressed every time I talk to you, Brandon, because here we are in the middle of our conversation. At this point, I feel like you've rattled off 500 names already, just the number of names that you have to keep up with and kind of remembering where they're at, who's offered them what the, like, man, you got a full-time job just remembering things, uh, let alone the coverage that goes along with it. Let's talk 2021 things as I continue to hype you up a little bit, Brandon, talking about this Duke basketball team. Uh, Obviously they've had the number one spot in the country at certain points throughout the year, tough loss to Ohio state going to be good to get the blue devils back in action tomorrow night for the first time in a two week period. But they've already got two top win, went two top ten wins under their belt against Kentucky and Gonzaga. Two games on the biggest stage. You look at that game versus Kentucky to start the year. Trevor Keels, the big story with his twenty-five point output, and then versus Gonzaga, Paolo versus Chet. Everyone wants to sort of know who's going to win that, and Duke ultimately wins that game by three points. Paolo had amazing first half before dealing with some cramps there in the second half. What have your thoughts been on the freshman players? I know you haven't got a chance to watch as much college basketball because you're so busy watching the future stars of the sport, but I know you've kind of seen the highlights of those premier games, Duke and Kentucky and Duke and Gonzaga. For sure. Well, I, I just know coming into that initial game against Kentucky, you know, I was not prepared for what Trevor Kills would bring to the table. Obviously, I got hired um, by 247 Sports in around August of uh, 2020 mm-hmm. um, during the pandemic summer. So I didn't get a chance to see Trevor Kills then. And then prior to that, I was working locally in Texas covering basketball. So I never it was really my introduction to him. Um, but man, man, oh, man, that was probably that was probably the game of his due career. Right. Yeah, it was I mean, for just, sure. Like Just him being physical and him being able just to out muscle and out will, you know, all of Kentucky, all of what Kentucky had to bring to him. I think it was. It was great just to see that combination of power and skill from him um, just to bring across that. Uh, I think he had 27 that night. Yep. That 27 point performance. Um, it was just really good. He didn't seem like the moment was too big for him. He stepped in and composed. So I'm looking to 
get that same dog out of him, that same level of uh, skill, because that's what they need for them to be, you know, a national championship contender. Now, Paulo, on the other hand, um, you know, it was not my first time seeing him. I actually got a chance to see him a couple of years ago when he was playing up at the Seattle Rotary in the Peach Jam. And I think my immediate thought within the first five minutes of that game is, man, that dude is a surefire pro. Um, he's just so skilled with his ability to handle the ball at six for ten. The body, you know, just his ability to face up, um, put himself in isolation situations inside the three-point arc and just torch anybody who guards him. I think it's just all a translatable skill set for the highest levels, um, you know, and Keon Brooks had his had his work cut out for him. And I think that was shown early in his first game. Chet got some of it the next game. Chet and Drew Timmy got some of it. I mean, like, it's just he 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 has to be the favorite for the number one pick just in terms of just being a safe fire bet to be productive in the league. Um, and, you know, he's so mature for his age and he has a strong feel for the game. And his skill set is so NBA translatable. I mean, you know, how could you not like him as a player? He'll be a great college player. He has to work on. You know, just making sure that he stays healthy throughout the course of the game. There was a rumor that he loses seven pounds per game. Isn't so that wild? Trying, yeah. All right. So you do such a great job covering recruiting and the rest of your staff at 24-7 Sports does. I know that the Iverson Classic just came to a close. So let's talk a little bit more about what you guys do specifically. What is the Iverson Classic, Brandon? Absolutely. It's one of uh, it's the early season event just to showcase the top tier talent in the country. Um, it gave us a chance to, you know, see some of the matchups that we've been dying to see in terms of like, for instance, you know, two of the top combo guards going head to head in case and Wallace and his future SEC foe, um, Nick Smith, case and Wallace, obviously being committed to Kentucky, you know, just getting a chance to see those two players on the floor go at it is something that really helps us uh, 247 recruiting analysts just to help us get an eye for, you know, who stands out, who does what. Um, what translates and um, how these kids project. Obviously, um, we'll get a chance to see some under-the-cover talent, discover some, you know, young freshmen and sophomores who have a chance to um, actually reach top five, top ten status down the road. So, you know, it's just always making sure that we're in the know, and these platforms give us a chance of doing so. Um, so um, big shout-out to Bobby Bates just for giving us the opportunity to cover. Um, a shout-out to Stephen Jackson as well just for uh, making his presence be felt and uh, making sure that those teams are there. Um, for them to get the right amount of exposure. And players are playing with their high school teams, Brandon, right? Like your high school teams are going here. The hope is you play well in the Iverson Classic and it can continue throughout your high school season, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. These teams come, um, you know, obviously Richard Te Richardson, Tex uh, Richardson, Texas, um, faithful, traveled all the way to Memphis. You had teams from Chicago, teams from the other side of Tennessee. I mean, it was just great to see, um, you know, a bunch of teams across the country get after it. And, um, you know, just for the betterment of winning and for the betterment of helping themselves and their brand as prospects. What's next on your schedule? What are the next big things happening in the world of recruiting? Absolutely. Um, so at the end of the month, I'll be taking myself to the Damien Classic in California. Me and uh, 247 Sports National Recruiting Director, Eric Bossi, um, we'll try to make sure we have everything covered in terms of the West Coast, uh, making sure that we're updating, you know, our audience in terms of what's going on over there. Obviously, as you know, the West Coast develops a bunch of NBA talent, so we want to make sure that, we're on top of things and making sure that we're covering the top talent there. So it's an event that we're very excited about. And then we'll be doing, we'll be doing a couple of, uh, making a couple of trips around California just to make sure that we're, um, like I said, on top of things um, in terms of the whole state, um, just to finish out the, the year 2021 on a high note. You can follow him on Twitter at BJenkins247. Brandon, I really do appreciate the time always. Thank you for doing this, man. Thank you for having me, JJ. You take care. That's Brandon Jenkins joining us here today on Locked on Blue Devils. Today's show is brought to you by On Location. Let's talk for a minute about kicking things up a notch for the big game, the grand stage, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away, and On Location 
the official hospitality partner of the NFL, is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package to the big game. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with college stars turned NFL legends Troy Aikman, Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, and more, plus accommodations at five-star L.A. hotels and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with amazing flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There are so many flavors to choose from. I always have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar gives you that extra fuel that you need. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor. Tell Santa to throw in a few Built Bars into those stockings. Check out Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, Built.com, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. To wrap things up today on Locked On Blue Devils, Mike Elko introduced today as the 22nd head coach of the Duke football program. Really good press conference, a lot of fun notes. I'd encourage you to check out our friends over at the Section 17 podcast at Duke FB Talk on Twitter. They were on hand, had a whole lot to say about Mike Elko's hire. Coach Elko was on the Packer and Durham show on the ACC Network a little bit earlier today. I love some of the comments that he made. Let's take a listen. What was it about Duke? What was it about what Nina was presenting as her vision that intrigued you about this opportunity? Yeah, I I think uh, obviously Duke has always stood for excellence. And I think the vision Nina has for where the football program now needs to sit with that, uh, she was able to convince me that, that now is the time that football needs to align with everything that Duke has stood for for years. And uh, I bought into that vision, uh, got really excited behind her, and really looking forward to work with her moving forward. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I thought for sure you're going to say, you know what, I just can only eat but so much chicken fried steak. i got to get back and have some, <laughs> some barbecue here in Carolina. <laughs> no doubt. Now, now I, can't, I can't get into barbecue debates between Texas and North Carolina. You guys are going to get me in a lot of trouble really uh, quick. i still got a house back in Texas i got to worry about. No, I get that. By the way, with, with National Signing Day, there's never an, a perfect time when it comes to a transition and so forth. So, Mike, how is that going to work? From a national signing day perspective and trying to put together staff and, and you're going to be juggling yeah. like 15 balls in the air right now. Yeah, so, so our primary goal right now, we've got a great class committed. Uh, we're trying to make sure that that group stays together. Uh, I've got a chance to visit with a lot of those people. Uh, Zoom has been a tremendous invention to help with that. Um, but that's our primary goal. Our primary, primary goal is to get to Wednesday and make sure we get this class that, that has stayed committed to Duke uh, signed and inked and, and ready to roll. You know, and then from there, you kind of start progressing into the next parts, which is building the staff, building the infrastructure, uh, making sure we start to, to implement the vision into this program that we want. But, you know, with, with signing day so close and being hired so close to signing day, you know, that's the A1 focus right now. I got to make sure that this class stays together and that uh, we keep it together until Wednesday. Mike, there, there was a lot written in the last 48 hours about, obviously, your affiliation with Dave Clawson at Wake Forest. Not just at Wake yeah. Forest, but at other stops along his journey. 
Yeah. Um, did you talk to Dave at any point as you were kind of making this decision about coming to the ACC? I mean, you had played Duke when you were at Wake Forest. I know you're familiar with the program, but yeah. you had seen kind of this environment at similar levels with him. And I'm, I'm just curious about that conversation, if there was one. Yeah, I mean, Dave's been a tremendous mentor to me. Uh, he, he's one of the few people in this profession that I call a dear friend. Um, and so obviously I spoke with him and, and you know, got his advice on, on the whole situation. But, um, you know, the ra- reality of it is, is is now we get to compete against each other. You know, and so sure. for so many years we worked together, um, you know, played a huge part together in building a lot of programs. Um, you know, and now it'll just be an exciting time to, to kind of be across the state and, and competing with them at very similar minded institutions. Oh, okay, that that was the next follow-up here. Uh, the similarities between the two, the similarities at the smaller campuses you've worked on, the smaller enrolled yeah. campuses. Is yeah. there a lot of symmetry there between what you see at Duke and what you went through at Wake or Richmond, places like that? Yeah, I, I think my background in a lot of ways has prepared me for this. I think I think playing at Penn uh, and understanding how academics and athletics balances each other. Uh, I wasn't nearly the athlete that these kids are that we're recruiting to Duke. Hopefully, we're doing a lot better than me. But uh, you know that started it all, and then and then working at schools like Richmond, working at schools like Wake Forest, working at a school like Notre Dame, where you know you're not sacrificing anything in the classroom, you're not sacrificing anything for what these kids are looking for in their future to ultimately get this program where you want it to go. And uh, you know we've got to find tremendous balance. We've got to be find kids that want to be excellent in every part of their life. And there's a lot of them out there. There really are. There's a lot of kids out there that that want to be great in the classroom, want to be great in the community, and, and want to win championships on the football field. And the Duke brand reaches coast to coast, you know, and, and that's probably the biggest thing about this program that excites me is I know I can go into any living room from the East Coast to the West Coast and anywhere in between, and people recognize Duke and they recognize what it stands for. Dude is fired up to be the next head coach of our Duke Blue Devils. Excited, loves what Nina King was saying about the Duke experience. He plays on his experience as a player at Penn, the academic balance that you've got to have. And it was good to hear what he thought about signing day coming up on Wednesday. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Excited to have Coach Elko on board, a part of the Duke family. That's going to wrap up our show today. Again, make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore for all updates around Duke Athletics. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode of Locked On Blue Devils as soon as it's available each day. Check out Locked On ACC with Candace Cooper. Earlier today, she had a conversation posted with Kenton Gibbs from Locked On NC State. They talk about the Mike Elko hire and more. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.